fun. And hello and welcome everyone to this 99th episode of the Comic Multiverse. Matt, what a strange, wonderful ride it's been, you and me together, two, two outlaws <laughs> uh, riding the highways and byways of Podcastia. It has been, 99 episodes, where did, where did the time go? I, it's technically more than that too, because we had about 100 episodes of another show under our belt too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been at this for a while, but it doesn't feel like it. It really hasn't. In the in the before times, in the long, long ago, <laughs> back when back when we were the same, but the show's name was different, but the format was the same. Uh, but yes, everyone. Uh, next week we will be having our big one hundredth episode. Uh, Matt and I've been talking about some stuff we want to do for it. I think we can live stream, and I mean, if I can live stream and you can live stream, we can surely live stream the show, wouldn't you think? We 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 should be able to do something live for people. Yeah, we'll test it early in the week. Which again, if you're not already following the Cape Joel uh, Twitch channel, you absolutely should. There's over 300 people there already. I will try and put a link down in the description, but follow that because that's where we're going to have it. The question is, should we should we have it Sunday night when we normally do it, or should we maybe try and make it a little earlier on another night? I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe that's something we can poll. Maybe, yeah. Let's. We'll need some... Gotta do some hard polling in the next couple weeks <laughs> to try and figure out what the fans want. We'll, we'll be polling them all but yeah the, we'll figure out the night man we th this is always the thing when you try and plan a big milestone it's like fuck should have tried planning this last week at episode 98 not with a week <laughs> left but yeah we'll figure that out uh an important thing i would like to ask the fans is hey if you have any fan art any fan questions anything uh you would like us to see and or play and or read during the show be sure to send it to either matt or myself on twitter in the coming week, use uh, use the hashtag uh, TCM100, the Comic Multiverse 100. That way I can see them and catalog them. There you go. And we'll try and just make episode 100 just a big old celebration of everything we've done and everything we've accomplished up until this point. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll probably also have to talk about uh, fucking Deadpool 2. Well, that that comes out this week. Oh, yeah, fuck. It comes out Friday. Okay. It'll, we'll do our big self-congratulatory pat on the back for the first half of the show, and then the second half will be the Deadpool spoiler cast. That'll be <laughs> that'll be next week, everyone. Well, that's lucky that we got a big movie coinciding with our hundredth episode. It is, yeah. We got two big movies. We got that, and then the next week we got Solo. Oh, is Solo literally the next week after that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, man! It's gonna be a big ass couple of weeks. And oh, I think when you say solo, don't you mean solo? As in, oh as god, in, as in former, uh, what is it? Noteworthy artists would say, but don't now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lessons on how to piss away all your goodwill. <laughs> yeah. But we're not here to talk about that, Matt. We actually have a fair amount of news to discuss this week, which I didn't think we would. Usually in the lead-up to a big movie, there's nothing. No, no, usually it's it's pretty quiet, but it's been pretty busy. It has been. You you mentioned Deadpool, and that's an excellent uh, segue. This is why you've been the host for 99 episodes. <laughs> but out of the blue, Marvel Comics announced, hey, we're doing a special Deadpool and Cable annual that's coming out in August. Hey, wasn't that when Deadpool was supposed to come out? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, yeah, they, and they couldn't probably bring it up further or anything because I know, like, his book is finished. Yes, it or just... He, or Jerry, Jerry Duggan's run is finished on the book. This week, just finished, 300. Yeah. yeah, so they probably couldn't, like, bring it up or something. Or, they probably yeah. couldn't. But, yeah, here's the crazy thing. It's being written by David F. Walker, which makes me think, wait, didn't he quit comics? Did he just write this and did you sit on it for this long? Yeah, it, yeah, maybe maybe it's something like um, they had a had a story from him. And they're like, "Well, what do we do with it? Oh, we'll just put it in this annual." It feels very, very strange the timing of this one because he quit comics after his book ended. Then he did a web comic. Now he's probably gonna go work for DC, <laughs> and this is coming out now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good for him. I like David Walker. I'll probably pick this up. It'll be good to have some Deadpool-themed content. Even even though Duggan's run, and we'll talk about this when we talk about what we read this week, left me in the sort of position where I'm like, you know what? I don't need to read any more Deadpool after this. This is fine. This is, <laughs> this is a good place to end it now, because no one's going to be able to top this. Oh, that's good. It is. For, for the shaky two volumes, it's like, okay, I see what you were doing here. I see what you were going for now. Yeah. But yeah, so good on David Walker. You're going to get some more Deadpool and Cable coming your way. Assuming you're going to like the movie, uh, the early press screenings and everything have all been pretty positive. Yeah, they have been. People have been really liking it. Yeah, which is good because we were worried about Deadpool 2 because it looked to be such a huge departure from the first one. Mm. And it also looked like they incorporated a lot of X-Force in there where it's like, oh, is this supposed to be its own thing but you smashed them together? Yeah, yeah. Because you weren't sure if you were going to get to make an X-Force, and you still might not be able to make an X-Force now if certain <laughs> deals go through. <laughs> and you just don't own the rights. A fact which the movie even makes fun of, where he's like, yeah, Deadpool 2 crushed it so hard, we might not even make a 3. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, literally, you might not. Deadpool might just show up as a guest in other people's movies. Maybe. Oh, man, did you see the trailer for Deadpool with David Beckham? I, I did, yeah, I did. That was so hilarious. That was really, really good. And Ryan Reynolds tweeting it saying, I bet you didn't know this, but every Canadian actually is born with a black belt and apologizing. <laughs> and he's right. It's true. And I'm sorry that I had to bring that up. See, look, it just it just flows out of us. Just sorries and apologies. You, can't, you cannot match my apologizing foo. It is too strong. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, from the world of Marvel to the world of DC, uh, we got a cool look at uh, Scott Snyder's uh, Justice League number one, and I'm sure if you're anything like me, Matt, and you are, you were asking, well, damn, what is he going to do for Justice League when his No Surrender has been so big already with, you know, Brainiac and Omega Titans and the Source Wall and everything? Well, who's he bringing back, Matt? He's bringing, well, well technically... It's their first appearance in comics, uh, in, in main mainline canon comics, and that's the Legion of Doom. Yes, we are getting to see the Legion of Doom again, technically for the first time in comics, but if you're a superhero fan, you've seen them and everything. Fuck, Legends of Tomorrow had them, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we got a whole team lineup here, which is, is exactly the one from the old cartoons. It's the Joker. Is this one of the three Jokers? I don't know. Looks different from all the other Jokers. Yeah, it probably is. But it's probably Snyder's Joker, too, because he seems to be writing the same one. You got Gorilla mm -hmm. Grodd on there. You got Cheetah. You got Lex Luthor. You got uh, Sinestro, who in one scene isn't wearing yellow, but in another one is. I gotta wonder, is he in between lantern rings at the moment? 
Yeah, no, well, it's kind of weird because, like, for the longest time, he was dead in the in the uh, How Jordan the Green Lantern cool book. Then he kind of came back, and he kind of just, like, disappeared for a little bit. So we don't really know what's been happening with him. Got some splaining to do there. Oh, yeah, and Black Manta. Black Manta's just happy to be invited. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for inviting me on the team. I'm, I'm not really a team player. They put me on the Suicide Squad for a minute, if only to illustrate what a dumb idea it is to put me on teams. <laughs> thanks. I get to join the Big Villains Club. You, you, you all really think I'm the equivalent of Lex Luthor and the Joker? Yeah, for Aquaman, we guess. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, we couldn't get hold of, you know, Bra uh, Bizarro or anything. <laughs> yeah, really. We couldn't get Ocean Master. Actually, I think Ocean Master is in the Mira book right now. Yeah, probably. And he might not be evil, because I remember the last time I read him at the end of, uh, what is it, uh, Throne of Atlantis, which was that long ago, he wasn't evil at the end of that story. He was actually quite conflicted and morally gray. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Also, hey, I, I guess this furthers the idea that, oh yeah, I guess Lex Luthor is returning to villainy 100% now if he's on the Legion of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. so. So much for his, you know, it's like, well, I'm not gonna go back to villainy 100%, but I do hate you, Superman, and you know, we're not friends anymore, but I'm gonna help you save the world and no justice. Ah, fuck, I'm joining the villain team now. Yeah. <laughs> But again, because Snyder's writing that, maybe we'll see a nice bit of development and crossover that finally makes him say, you know what, screw the heroes. Yeah, maybe. Bad guy Lex for life. Uh, looks really good. It's uh, it's Chung's art, isn't it? Yeah, Jim Chung, he's uh, jumped from Marvel over to DC, and you got to say, he's, the characters really benefit from his art. They looks really nice. They pop. They look very dynamic, don't they? And I also got to yeah. give him credit for having a clown and a cat lady and a gorilla and a deep diver and a hedge fund manager all, <coughs> all standing together, and they don't look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it just looks so quintessentially comics. Like, you look at that image and you're like, that's a fucking comic book right there is what that is. Yeah, yeah. I want to know what that's about. I, I wonder, too, if we're going to see more of, because it seems like in the last little bit, Marvel and DC have been looking at each other's papers more and more. I wonder if Marvel looked at that and they're like, oh, shit, they're doing the Legion of Doom. Fuck. Hey, hey Jason, do, do you have any plans to reassemble the Masters of Evil? I think we should reassemble the Masters of Evil. <laughs> and, and maybe hurry up with Doctor Doom becoming evil again and leading the Masters of Evil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they maybe they might come back, you know. There's a there's one for the chats everyone. Who who would be on your version of the Masters of Evil in 2018 cuz there's been quite a few versions of it over the years. Who who would you put on it? Yeah, I I'd, I'd have Doctor Doom. That he's a monster. Uh, uh I'd bring back Mandarin. Mandarin's been gone for a while now. You know, I think Dan Slott might do something with Mandarin at some point, because it's like, where else yeah. can you go with Iron Man villains? It's like, you have to do them at one point. Yeah, bring him back. Um, who else? You need someone from Thor. Loki's kind of a universe villain now. He's fucking... Yeah. He's in Infinity, Countdown, and he's, like, doing this whole celestial thing. He might be too big for it. Put... Is Scourge or Enchantress alive? Put them on the Masters of Evil. Yeah, one of them. Maybe is Malekith alive? Yes, Malekith is very much alive, and he's leading, what is it, the the, the Dark Council of Worlds and shit. So he's got his oh, own so villainous team. 
Yeah, um, Captain America, maybe Red Skull or I mean, he's uh, Zemo to, or someone. <laughs> that's the thing. Red Skull is definitely coming back to life soon enough. That would be a way to explain it. Plus, you'd have, what is it, uh, Red Skull and Doom fighting each other, and that's always fun. Yeah. You, you need a Hulk in there. Um, we haven't had a new version of Abomination in a while. How about that? Yeah, Abomination or like... Uh, do something with Weapon H where he becomes a villain again. There you go. There's there's places you could go with it. It's funny because so many like Marvel villains are up in the air right now. Where it's like, well, you'd have to bring yeah. them back. You'd have to make a new one. God, this is hard. Yeah, either they're like, either they're like dead or like haven't been seen for a while because they've been off. Like people have forgotten about them. Or they're good. Uh, they've yeah, they, yeah, they've turned into good guys, or they were never really villains yeah. in the first place. It's it's rough doing a new Masters of Evil. <laughs> I can see why they haven't done that concept in a bit. It's hard, <laughs> very hard. Uh, so yeah, that's that's an interesting thing there. And hey, you know, while we're on the subject of DC Comics, and we were talking about this before we started, uh, Bleeding Cool, uh, everyone's favorite comic book rumor house online, which. God damn, I gotta begrudgingly say they've gotten, like, the last four ones 100% correct. <laughs> uh, they say that a new DC crisis story is not only incoming, but inevitable. Yeah, a, bi a big one, uh, probably at the end of this year. Is what they're saying, and they kind of they kind of walk you through it, and, like, a lot of it is conjecture, but they're like, hey, you know, every, every three to five years we get a crisis, and Dark Knight's Metal was supposed to be called Dark Crisis, and, you know, Doomsday Clock is taking its sweet-ass time, and they need something in between for that story to finish, and crises have always been really good for them, you know, financially, if not creatively, so, you know, don't be shocked if we get a crisis soon. Yeah, and, and um, I, I know, like, like, obviously all, like, the big, like, Jim Lee and all that sort of came out and said, no, no, we're not doing that, definitely not doing that, but, yeah, they kind of said the same thing, like, before, so, yeah. You might not call it a crisis, but it's going to be a crisis, because, again, Dark Knight's Metal, with destroying the Source Wall and everything, that might as well have been a cosmic crisis or a multiversal crisis. Yeah. It, it was essentially a crisis, is what it is. It was, Yeah. It might not have taken everything back to square one, but lots of things are being taken back to square one anyway. Yeah. And, hey, you know what, again, not to make people afraid or anything, but uh, from my sources, and when I say sources, I don't mean sources connected directly to my butthole, where I usually get my <laughs> sources and my tips from. No, legitimately, I have heard from people that, yes, they have been kicking around the idea of a crisis, and, yeah, more than likely we'll see it by the end of this year. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 and um, it it involves a character who's been sort of prominent the last couple of like we've been wondering like why is this character getting getting so, so like the spotlight time. so much panel time and apparently this is why. Mm -hmm. And again, not not every crisis is a big multiversal thing. Not every crisis is you know like an identity crisis thing. What are the other types of crises we have? Kind of the forgotten crises. But they're going to go back to that well, and hey, you know, don't don't say we didn't tell you so when it happens. So get get ready for another crisis, everyone, even if they don't call it a crisis. Yeah, it'll be a crisis. <laughs> it's, it, it's like LL Cool J, don't call it a comeback, don't call it a crisis, we've been here for years. <laughs> l literally about three to five years, which is usually when it happens. And as we've said before on this show, DC, it's interesting, because they basically did the entire... 
uh, New 52 line in about two years. It took them four. They did it in two because with all the extra shipping. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they're, they're, they're doing the sort of same thing with Rebirth now, and and you can tell there's, like, a change coming as well with Rebirth, where yeah. they're like, okay, that was Rebirth, now we need to change stuff up again. Hell, Rebirth might as well have been a crisis. It was a happy, uplifting crisis, yeah. but it's basically what it was. It's, you know, we're going to fuse these universes, and we're going to move this around, we're going to do that. We're not going to call it a crisis, but it was kind of a crisis. It was a crisis, but a very reserved crisis. And that's why it worked. Absolutely. Here's hoping they learn from that and they don't try and go too big. Because, again, you you and I have been fearing, Matt, and we've been saying this. It feels feels like that great pendulum swung in DC's favor for <laughs> so long for over two years. But they're saying things and they're doing things and they're making creative choices, some of which we'll be talking about later, where it's like, oh, feels like it's coming back the other way. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and yeah, it, it just it it, sit, it doesn't sit well because like you look at it and you see like Marvel are doing all this like Tony Stark's coming back, the original Avengers lineup is coming back, all this like stuff that D- DC were doing like two years ago. We uh we put out a Venom book that doesn't suck and it isn't nineteen ninety something. <laughs> we'll talk about that and what we read this week too, everyone. Did did you read the new Venom book? I, I flicked through it, and there is something I actually want to talk to you about it in it. Okay, cool, because it was shockingly decent. Uh, but hey, you know what? Crises, that's a controversial thing. You know, we all feel very strongly about crises one way or another. But one thing I think we can all agree on that is super positive, uh, they were talking to Kevin uh, Feige there and a bunch of the other people involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they said one of the things that they were most excited about uh, in doing the Carol Danvers Captain Marvel movie is that it opens the door for uh, Miss Marvel Kamala Khan to eventually get integrated into the universe. Yeah, that's cool. And that's cool for a number of reasons, because uh, obviously people don't know, she doesn't get her powers from the Kree. She gets them from the Inhuman Terrigen Crystals. Which they've already set up on TV and where it's like, okay, well, now you have to address that then. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the thing. Like, Are they going to do it like that or are they going to drastically change her origin? Exactly. Is she going to be like one of those Inhumans from S.H.I.E.L.D.? Is she going to, you know... Uh, be touched by the royal family or something or like what's what's going on there is it just going to be a random occurrence you know how is she even going to meet carol you know all these other things uh it's also like hey wow an actual you know uh first of a young hero which is shockingly in short supply in superhero fiction you would think with the proud tradition of sidekicks we would see more young people in superhero roles but we just aren't no, we're not. The The youngest I can really think of is, like, Tom Holland. Tom Holland or Hit Girl. But even then, that wasn't yeah. a traditional superhero thing. I think that's a world to conquer where it's like, hey, young people who love these heroes, here's a hero now who's also you. And here's also yeah. a sidekick. Like, again, you figure, like, DC, who has some of the best sidekicks, that they would have figured this out by now, but they are just still, so many years after Batman and Robin, just so petrified at the concept of trying out sidekicks. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, like, when they do, it's usually relegated to, like, like what Titans is, the fucking yeah. streaming service, like, a couple of people will only watch. That's that's a market, that's a world to conquer, and that's somewhere that mm. they could go, and in fact, Marvel already looks to be going in that direction, what with casting uh, an older Ant-Man's daughter, an older Cassie and everything, and again, it's like, hey, Avengers was huge, imagine if you could do Young Avengers, though, imagine if you could do Champions, yeah. 
what that could possibly look like and what that could gain you. And again, Miss Marvel, perfect way to go with that and everything. She's proven to be, like, I think, one if not the most prolific uh, breakthrough of, like, new comic characters. Like, very often, Matt, we get to talk about, like, oh, that was a new character who came along and was really popular. Or, like, there was a new character as part of a legacy that was really popular. Before her, it was Miles Morales' Spider-Man, who is now getting a movie, being quite prominent in the next video game. Although, sadly, he's dropped off in the comics, and he's kind of left in limbo about whether he's going to get a new book or anything. But, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool seeing, and, and yeah, as you said, it's cool seeing these legacy characters work as well, whereas we've had some that haven't worked in the past. Mm, yeah. Um, alpha. Um, oh, oh, Alpha. All these, all these <laughs> years later, Alpha. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's cool to see them work, and I, I'd be very interested to see what they have planned for her, and like, yeah, as we were saying, like, is she going to be inhuman? Are they going to change it? Are they, 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 if they do change it, they could easily change it by saying like, oh, well the, um, oh, who's that bad guy they fought in champions that turned Viv into a human? Oh, uh, uh, evolutionary. Yeah. High evolutionary gave her powers or something. That's one they could do. They could be like, oh, well she got powers from the, uh, from the fish oil from the end of agents of shield. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that again. <laughs> they, they put it in the water supply. That's a huge thing they never talked about. It's like, yeah, it was in the fucking water. Yeah, well, we saw some of, like, the Inhumans that got infected by that. But, yeah, it was definitely, like, far more far-reaching consequences. On television than you would think, yeah. Also, too, I mean, as we saw with Jessica Jones Season 2 and everything, there's just, there's just like, fucking mad scientists who can just give you powers yeah. now. Yeah, just random back alley scientists who want to give you superpowers. It's it's a thing now. It's very common. You can you can like <laughs> literally trip over in this Marvel universe and get superpowers. <laughs> they they might not be great powers. You might end up like the wizard, but sometimes you know sometimes you get good powers. Yeah, like Jessica Jones. Although sometimes they make you go insane. <laughs> sometimes they make you go insane. Sometimes they're not great. Or, or or like the Bushmaster from the upcoming Luke Cage where they seek to imply, oh, he's bulletproof too. Was he? Are, are they combining Bushmaster and Warhawk together into one character now to where like he was the original <laughs> test subject? Or, or does he get his power via African magic because he was doing like, what is he? He's like, he's got the circle there and he's naked yeah. and he's lit candles and everything. Like, oh, that's some African magic there. Yeah. I know what that's like as a white guy in Canada because I've seen movies before. <laughs> and that's how African magic works. You got to get buck naked and light a bunch of candles. <laughs> oh, sure. When he does it, it's fine. But when I do it in my condo at three in the morning, they call the police. Because <laughs> they think I'm high on bath salts. <laughs> and I am. But they had no way of knowing that. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's cool. More power to Miss Marvel. Uh, again, the book has been consistently awesome, and I think it just it it's either just hitting fifty issues or it just hit fifty issues. I'm like two issues behind. Oh, that's cool. Is she got? Is she getting like a new number one or like a book going into this whole not reboot uh, Marvel thing? I think her book is just continuing. Oh, okay. Which is good. And again, G. Will Wilson yeah. still writing because again. It's, it's one of those situations, much like Bendis with Miles in the Ultimate Universe, it's the perfect symbiosis of writer and character. I would be worried about someone else writing it. Yeah, yeah, it's, she's got, like, the, the 
her finger on the pulse of that character that Absolutely. when someone else writes it, it's like, eh. It's a, it's, a, it's a little fishy. And again, too, I think a lot of it comes to the fact where it's like, oh, G. Will Wilson's just writing herself when she was younger is basically what it yeah. is. Like, I think she is that character in a lot of ways, which again, if, if, cause they, we see that Marvel studios isn't above like asking the original writers for help and to do cameos and stuff. I hope if they do make the movie, yeah, ask her for some pointers. Yeah. Yeah. Get her on as like a consultant or something. Yeah. And I know that I, I know uh, Marvel do do that cause they did it with like Ed Brubaker and, Absolutely. um, I think they did it with some of the Iron Man writers and stuff. They did. And that's really awesome. And I hope they should continue doing that. Uh, and hey, speaking of Inhumans, and we absolutely were, from one Inhuman doing really good and whose stock is only rising, oh, to the other Inhumans who ain't doing so hot at all. It was announced today that the Inhuman TV series is officially cancelled, even though I already thought it was cancelled. Yeah, yeah, when I read that, I'm like, wait, didn't this get cancelled like six months ago? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> was it just a foregone conclusion? Did we all just assume in our minds that it was cancelled and then it just put it out <laughs> to the universe and everyone accepted it as fact? <laughs> it would be weird if we came out and said, no, it's not cancelled and it's actually coming back. Oh, that, that, that would be like kind of surprising. <laughs> I'd be like, who? Who was watching this? <laughs> Now, here's the thing, you know, in humans kind of crashing and burning the way it did, this is arguably, like, the biggest failure of the Marvel Cinematic Joined Universe, you know, uh, like, process. What mm-hmm. what do they do on this one? Do they just take a mulligan on it and never talk about it ever again? Or do they, like, try in five years to go back to it and be like, yeah, that was a fever dream. That wasn't really the Inhumans, though. Well, like, yeah, I, I'm like, I like, they could still salvage it, like, by giving them like a movie or like placing them in the movie universe and like in the background yeah. of stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I have the feeling that this is like, this was like maybe Kevin Feige going, "I told you so. I told you we needed to do a movie about that." Um, to Jeff Loeb and all those other guys yeah. there because they fucked it up so badly. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, then we've got like. Agents of Shield, which is all like inhuman stuff now, and Kree and everything. So, yeah, and it, yeah, it kind of boggles the mind. Like, why didn't they do them on there first? It really seemed like it was going that way. In fact, why didn't they do a crossover? They literally should have done. Yeah, the first Inhuman story from the comics only swap out the Fantastic Four for the Agents of Shield, and that should have been like a two night event. Watch Agents of Shield, then watch Inhumans. Yeah, they they could have easily done all of that, but then no, nah, we I, we needed to do this show that was, you know, drastically under budget for what they had to do. <laughs> I think I think it speaks volumes to what little faith they actually had in the project by the end, and the fact that they now have the X Men back. They might just never talk about Inhumans ever again, or if they need yeah. to reference them like in a greater cosmic movie or something, it's like yeah, you know, the Inhumans they live on the moon. Don't go there. Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, the n- n- new Attilan, it's like the frickin' Arkansas of the Marvel Cosmic Universe. Don't <laughs> d- don't even stop for gas there. Just keep going. Yeah, just just power straight through. Just roll the roll the space windows up and lock the space doors. <laughs> don't d- don't even sightsee. Don't drink the water there. Just keep just keep going. Just keep going. Go, go to Earth. There's more fun in humans there. <laughs> Which is hilarious, too, because we were talking about Miss Marvel. Some of the best stuff of her early run is finding out she's inhuman and, like, getting to hang out with the royal family who are still on Earth for a minute. 
<laughs> they probably won't do that now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hey, can I go to the Xavier school? You sure can. We're welcoming of everyone here. Hang out with Wolverine <laughs> and Kitty Pride and everyone. You're an honorary mutant, Miss Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> you're our new and human buddy man uh, I'd, I'd sure like to learn more about myself and my heritage no you don't just leave it at that you know, can you can you imagine how many people have like like both the x-men and the inhuman fan base that would piss off if like oh, miss marvel ended up joining like the x-men <laughs> oh god yeah what is it my other co-host sal maintains to this day that if the x-men rights had worked out she would have been a mutant and not an inhuman when she was created. And I can definitely see that. But at the same time, I think being an inhuman actually helped her because she got to be a big fish in a little pond. If she just became like the new hip X-Men girl with powers who was a mutant, I don't think she would have been as popular. She would have fallen into the ranks of all those, all those multitude of like characters we never even see anymore exactly where i'm like no i don't want her to be like monet or like any of these other characters who are big for a minute then fall away because it feels like x-men has that like every again Mm -hmm. every three to five years they're like oh here's the new hip female x-men that we're really pushing right now yeah also too as i like stop and think about it as well uh where the fuck did my train of thought go mutants (laughs) inhumans Miss Marvel, where's where's this going? Ah, fuck it, I lost it. <laughs> what, whatever, friggin' Inhuman show cancelled, Miss Marvel doing okay. That's good. Yeah. I'm excited for that, and hey, speaking of things getting cancelled, we talked about a Marvel thing getting cancelled, now we get to talk about a DC thing that's getting cancelled. Uh, the Young Animal imprint under Gerard Way is now coming to an end. Makes sense, because in Bendis making basically Young Animal 2, but not calling it Young Animal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a thing. Now, Gerard Way has said, look, this is ending, but uh, Doom Patrol will be continuing in some form or another, because I guess Doom Patrol was the most popular one, and they already gave it a crossover with Milk War, so they don't want to pull the plug too prematurely. Yeah, and they're going to be in the Titans TV show, so... That too, they got to keep it alive because of that. They also seem to be very accommodating to Gerard Way's schedule, where it's like, yeah, new Doom Patrol coming out whenever. (laughs) When it's done, Duke Nukem time. Yeah. Now, I I like to, you mentioned uh, Brian Michael Bendis on this one and saying how isn't he basically just doing Young Animal 2 with a bunch of the books he's working on right now. (laughs) So the other internet rumor and scuttlebutt and, you know, word around the campfire and everything is that the reason that Young Animal is getting the axe and the reason that DC Comics are actually getting more expensive soon, they're going up a whole dollar now. They're going to be three ninety nine yeah. American, but keep the same schedule. So they're going to expect you to spend upwards of seven dollars to get your Batman's and your Superman's and the books you really like. Uh, apparently, one of the one of the rumors, and again, I don't know anyone. No one told me anything about this. This is strictly conjecture here. But the reason this might be happening is that because DC is paying Brian Michael Bendis an obscene salary. Makes sense. That, like, he's getting paid more than anyone at the company and more than any person has ever been paid to write one comic in a very long time, like, since since the boom days of the 90s. And I bet, and I bet when they went to get him, they just gave him a blank check and be like, write what you want as well as what characters you want. Uh Uh-huh. 
and we'll just give it to you, and that's that's bad. Which <laughs> that's which hey, terrible. Well, it, it, it's bad if your name isn't Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> I'm sure for him it's a fucking festival. I'm sure if true, it's great for him, and I would love a deal like that. It's it's the Brock Lesnar deal, is what it is. We'll pay you half a million dollars, and you only have to wrestle four times a year. <laughs> It's great. And and yeah, you can go back and do UFC if you want. That's fine too. We don't care. Just just don't leave us, Brock. Never never leave us, you precious precious mayonnaise boy, you. <laughs> never never leave us and also don't let us catch you doing steroids, but now now I'm off topic. But yeah, uh again, if true, that's insane, but I buy it. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. A lot of the stuff I've like heard about it uh, I'll, I'll like Bendis's deal with DC is like it's ridiculous, but you're like, yeah, no, I can buy that. Man, I I hope people buy his Supermans and his action comics. I hope they live up to the hype, given that they essentially seem to be giving him an arm and a leg and everything else he wants. <laughs> and man, we we read that uh, action comics teaser and we read that Superman teaser and we were not a hundred percent impressed, were we? No, no. And I mean, as for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, I went through the entire New 52 DCU era without picking up or reading a single Superman book, and it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It was only when they threatened to bring back the other Superman and kill the New 52 one that I started. Is this is this yeah. what we want going into this? L let us also opine for a second that, again, this bleeding cool rumor about the crisis that is incoming... Apparently, one of the things that is rumored that the crisis might do is undo Batman and Catwoman's upcoming marriage and also undo Superman's marriage to bring them back to the way most people remember them as, you know, Rockin's, uh, you know, uh, swinging single guys. Uh, get rid of the Selena Bruce one. Didn't give a shit about that. Doesn't make much sense anyway. Same. But not Lois and Clark. They've been married since the nineties. <laughs> yes. Don't don't break it up because you want to return to some status quo that you're in love with that wasn't as good as you think it was. Yeah. Superman got good post DCU because you let him be married. Yeah. That's what yeah. made it a must. -read. Don't don't get rid of it because you're like oh well our competition is making everything like it looked like 20 years ago, so we need to do it too now. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems like what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That seems like it. Seems wrong-headed, does it not? Yeah, yeah. Again, if true, but man, between price raises and, you know, jettisoning whole imprints... Uh, what does this mean about the new age of heroes? As I've said before, all those books are fine, but I doubt they can support an entire imprint. No, 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 they they can't. They can't support it. No, Definitely I, not. Like, here's the thing. Like, you know, Young Animal, again, it was like Vertigo Jr. It was like, you know, it was kind of weird and out there. And, you know, there were kind of more metaphysical ideas for books. I can see why it got the axe when it did. It was all kind of cult books. Plus, apparently they're bringing back Vertigo anyway. So that's something yeah. I might want to do for the future. New Age of Heroes, same deal, where it's like, are, are people buying these enough? Like, they're fine, and because they're superhero-themed, I could see them lasting longer. But when push comes to shove, and fans only have so much money to go around, and if books are getting more expensive anyway, hmm, I could read the new Damage, or I could continue to be reading Justice Lane. Hmm, well, buy Damage. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the... I think some of the books... 
will survive. I think the Terrifics will survive because it's an interesting team uh, and it's a team of characters people have wanted back for a while. They're also uh, not all original. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could see maybe, maybe the Immortal Men surviving for a little bit, mainly because the Batman Who Laughs is in it. Oh, is he really? Oh, he was in it for like a panel in the first issue. Uh, he's, I don't know whether he's going to be in it for the rest of the issues, but um, I could see that maybe surviving the first arc. Also, maybe Challengers, because that's going to be written by Scott Snyder and they want to keep him sweet. Yeah, yeah. They ain't going to cancel his book right out. But yeah, again, mark my words. What, what, what's the date today? It's Sunday, uh, what is it, the 13th? <laughs> Uh, everything of 2018. Let's let's set our watches to this. Let's reconvene when New Age of Heroes is inevitably cancelled. And again, I know people like New Age of Heroes. New Age of Heroes is fine, but it's superfluous is what it is in the greater scheme yeah. of things. Yeah. I, again, you can like it. I know plenty of people are enjoying Sideways. I know plenty of people are enjoying this other stuff. That's cool. I'm fine with that. It's not for me, and I don't see it lasting very long. No, no, wrong place at the wrong time, really. If it coming at another time, maybe, but yeah. And again, especially if rumors are true now that DC is, you know, tightening its, its belt straps and they're skipping some meals to pay for someone else's salary, <laughs> don't be shocked is all I'm saying. Yeah. But hey, you know what, from some slightly depressing DC news to some more uplifting DC news, uh, did you see this Gotham Under Siege board game they got coming out now? I did, yeah. It's based in Batman the Animated Series. I don't know the rules and I don't care. The artwork is amazing. I want. Gimme, 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 gimme. gimme. <laughs> yeah, the little pieces look really cool and the, the box artwork looks really cool as well. I want to play right now. Hey, anyone, if you know anyone who works on Gotham Under Siege or has the main line on this, tell, tell them that Matt and Joel of the Comic Multiverse will happily test this game for free. We just want to get <laughs> our hands on it. Yeah. It looks really, really good. I, I never thought we'd be talking about a board game on this show and how psyched we are about it, but it's fucking dope. It does. It looks really cool. It's really, really awesome. So, yeah, hey, there's your the, 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 there's your shell out for uh, Gotham Under Siege, everybody. Coming soon. <laughs> I don't actually know when it's coming. It's funny. I, I read this article on The Outhouser about it, and they're like, man, can you believe someone's coming out with an original board game based on a beloved IP and they didn't do a Kickstarter for it? Yeah, that, that's the surprising thing about it. It wasn't kickstarted. Yeah, like that's what I expected when I saw it because you see so many things like, oh, it's my, you know, Street Fighter uh, card game or it's my, you know, uh, Dark Souls board game, you know, that I'm going to make. Here's some prototypes that look great. Give me, give me lots of money. Yeah, yeah. And I'll kickstart it and maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't though and that's depressing. Yeah. And then you don't get your money back. No, no, you don't. Because <laughs> some guy ran off to Russia with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you get, sorry, I spent it. I, I spent it all on hookers. I'm sorry. It, it happens. Yeah. It, it, it I'm happens. sorry. that There was a good deal going, you know, like, two for one. <laughs> two for one. Well, you can't say <laughs> no to that. <laughs> I mean, some, sometimes you get universal fan conned, which is a new thing I'm trying to get into the lexicon now, getting a fan conned. Yeah, you've been fan conned. You've been fan conned. <laughs> oh, man, there's like there's shows out there talking about like shitty Kickstarters that didn't make it. If you and I ever do one, Matt, we have to call it fan conned. That would be pretty cool, like comic-based uh, Kickstarters. 
Works works for Guru Larry. <laughs> We're as good as Guru Larry, aren't we, everyone? <laughs> say yes. Just say yes. <laughs> I know my accent isn't as lovely as his. Matt has an accent. I don't know how you feel about it, but there you go. <laughs> we get we get fan con coming soon. Trademark comic multiverse twenty eighteen. Do not steal. <laughs> that's our thing. Do not steal. Uh, but yeah, so that's the news, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that, and from there we can hop on over to what we read this week. And it was actually a pretty meaty week, all things considered. It was. It, it, it was weird though because usually, like, whenever a Detective Comics comes out, we have an Action Comics yep. and everything. Didn't have any of that this week. Nope. Nope. It was a weird. It was a weird week in that regard. Yeah, but we got a lot of Batman though. We did. It was a very Batman centric week. Some good, some very good. Yeah, it, it was good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some good, some very good. Because it's only because Tom King's Batman wasn't out uh, this week. That's next week. That's that's <laughs> next week. We'll see the continued fucking madness of Booster Gold. <laughs> you, you know, here because I won't remember it next week when we talk about this. Someone was complaining in the comment section of my review for uh, what is it, Tom King's Batman, talking about how insane and incomprehensible this story is. He didn't have a defense of the story and why it was good. He said it's sad to see Tom King become the industry punching bag uh, in the comic world. To which I wrote back, "What the hell are you talking about? He's up for two goddamn Eisner awards. Not for this though. This sucks." <laughs> He's up for two Eisner Awards for something else. I think it's fine. He can take the hit on this one. Yeah, well, yeah, he might be able to unless he throws another shit fit on Twitter. I must I must protect precious sweet baby King from all the big meanies on the internet, from all the <laughs> from all the nerds who stroke their beards and cluck their tongues and talk about what <laughs> shall be done of this Tom King. <laughs> and with that, everyone, let's get into what we read this week. You want to go first, Matt? Uh, yeah, uh, well, let's talk about Detective Comics issue 980. Yes, a very Batgirl-centric uh, issue, which I was not expecting and pleasantly surprised by. A cool Batman, uh, Batgirl-centric issue since we got to see possible futures, but also possible pasts. Yeah, that opens up a lot of questions, James Tyner. I thought DC Rebirth was one solid line of time that we knew but the heroes forgot because manhattan tampered but wait now you're telling me that 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 might have been possible because batgirl's in the wheelchair but she's not but that could happen again and what it what is what <laughs> yeah not really sure what's happening i imagine that might be like the like because this brother i is working off that tim drake costume and yeah, that's yeah. how it can i imagine it's something to do with um uh, the Batman of Tomorrow, like his his timeline, right? And was, in his timeline, they they were Batgirls, and yeah. Right. But, but I mean, that's as good an answer as any other, Matt. I'll take that. It's funny because I read this art or I read that issue, then I read the article about the crisis, and I'm like, oh, oh, is that what they're gonna try and do? Where it's like, look, we need to put everything back that we broke while also keeping at the same time where it's like look we wanted to keep orphan and we wanted to keep spoiler because we didn't want to undo batman eternal and batman and robin eternal because those actually sold pretty good but we also <laughs> want them to be batgirl again and we don't know how <laughs> is is that what they're gonna do where it's like well we need to delete characters and we need to get other characters to where they're supposed to be <laughs> I think so, yeah. I uh, or it could be just like James Tynan just like putting this out there, and it's like, hey, 
they let they let me put this out there let me put this in a comic if someone another writer wants to do it once i'm gone here's here's a fun easter egg for you it's funny green arrow has the same problem too with mia dearden where it's like oh but we but we already had her uh in the comic oh but she got introduced by the people who wrote the tv show and they didn't know what her deal was and we can't just bring her back now because we have Imiko, who's basically just Mia, but different. And, oh, fuck, what do we do? <laughs> and also, I think she's going to be in Young Justice Season 3. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do that? But, yeah, this uh, this was cool, Detective Comics. I liked this. Yeah, I, I liked all the, all the OMAC stuff and how Tim's been turned into, like, an OMAC Batman. Mm-hmm. He's oh, just, like, oh, killing, killing cops. Yeah, yeah, oh, Batman. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I like this one, too, because James Tyne remembered that Harvey Bullock existed for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Renee Montoy, I'm like, why aren't you two more active in stories? You two are great. <laughs> I like you two a whole lot. And also reminding, hey, Renee and uh, Batwoman dated. So, yeah. Yeah, they remembered that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, too, I like uh, Brother Eye talking shit to Batman for the whole thing, being like, you know, you broke-ass Batman, you invented me to fight crime and save the world, but you were too much of a limp-dick motherfucker to ever use me. <laughs> yeah, you're a big fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah, Batman, huh? Huh? Chicken? Buck, buck, buck. He was basically doing the Tommy was so chicken, you're a big chicken, Batman. <laughs> I'm fed up with this world, which Brother Eye is basically fed up with this world. That's why he's trying to assimilate everybody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And now I hope every time you read Brother Eye, you do so in Tommy Wiseau's voice. I hope I've ruined <laughs> that for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, did not, I did not assimilate her. I did not. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was a fun one. And yeah, he's he's going to be done soon, James Tynan. This is him closing up shop. Yeah, what, what issue does he finish on? Uh, I think it might be. It's either the next one or the one after that. Yeah, because I know just after we get like a like a Black Lightning story. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's going to be sad to see him go. It will be. Can they also finally announce who's going to be writing Detective Comics after this villain <laughs> arc? Because we're right up to the wire and they haven't announced yet. Yeah, do they even have a have a writer? No. <laughs> Is it going to be a series of, of filler stories? Oh, God, I hope not. That's what Detective Comics was back in New 52. They're like, eh, there's no strong direction for this book. Just get a bunch of fill-in writers and every arc will be different. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was good, but yeah, there was no direction for it. Yeah, don't, don't go back to the New 52 era. Where, again, don't make it so I feel like I have to skip this book. Yeah, yeah, I want to read this book, especially if it's going to be one of two Batman books that's going to be good. Absolutely. Although, you know, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, Benjamin Percy said something kind of interesting on Twitter. He said, I can't believe I'm taking over blank next year. What a huge honor. Although I doubt it would be next year he'd be taking over Detective Comics. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see him. Uh, You know, he's run on... um, uh, Green Arrow. Was it? Green Arrow was really good. It was really good. Hey, uh, what's what's Tim Seeley doing right now? His Green Lanterns is coming to an end soon. Can he take a crack at Detective Comics? He knows the Bat Family. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, he he's written he wrote Grayson during his Super Spy era. He had a big part in Batman and Robin Eternal, so he knows the characters very intimately. Uh, yeah, I think he would be. I think he'd be a good fit for it, honestly. Yeah. Hell, give Tomasi and Gleason it. There you go. They're not doing anything right now. Yeah, let them let them take that. I'm sure they would do a great. Yeah, job they can. Do what they did for Superman. 
to Batman. Which which they did in Batman and Robin. Callback reference to all the work they did on that. Exactly. They could, they could do like follow-ups to all that sort of stuff. They could, which there was a lot of good story there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So that was uh, Detective Comics 980, everyone. Good shit. Yeah. I guess uh, the other big comic that came out this week, and you said you had a question for it, uh, Venom, number one from Donnie Cates. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, uh, I'll let you talk about it, and then I'll I'll ask you this question. Right, so, you know, usually I have a very love-hate relationship with Venom. I am a strong uh, proponent of, you know, him never actually being all that good outside the original stories he was created in. He kind of became like, oh, he's so fucking cool, though, but look at him, isn't he cool? And indeed he is. Yeah. He is pretty cool, but the problem is is that everyone who writes Venom writes him with that mindset of, oh, he's so fucking cool, look how great he is. Yeah, yeah. Cates does not do that, thankfully. He goes the other way completely. Mm. When we join uh, Eddie Brock in this comic, uh, he's out of work, he's almost homeless, he's disheveled, and he's taking antipsychotics to keep the symbiote from yelling at him. <laughs> he also kind of looks like Sabretooth because he grew his hair and his beard out. Yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, that's who it was. I was like, this guy looks like someone now. Who's he look like? <laughs> he looks. He looks like Sabretooth. I hope this book gets to cross over with Weapon X at some point, and Victor <laughs> Creed will be like, "You're stealing my look, dude." They get they get like mistaken for each other. <laughs> oh, we, we do a Prince and the Popper thing. Like another group kidnaps Eddie because they think he's Sabretooth, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, "Oh, he's someone much worse." <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, what is it? Uh, again, I'm a little bummed that it's not Flash Thompson, but Donny Cates actually has something for that too. You see, uh, the the symbiote isn't listening to Eddie anymore. It's kind of like mutating. It's getting this weird like bird thing on its chest where the spider used to be, and he's got like these crazy spirals on him. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very cool design. I got to give Stegman credit for that. It actually looks really slick. Uh, he gets kidnapped by this old army dude called, uh, what was it, like, uh, Rex something. And, you yep. know, and Rex is like, ah, crap, my uh, my info is out of date. I really thought you were Flash Thompson. Well, I guess we got to go through with this then. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Rex, you and, like, 50% of the people reading this wish it was Flash Thompson, too. <laughs> But uh, his thing there is that uh, Rex was part of something called the Sim Soldier Program. And that is before yeah. they put the symbiote on Flash Thompson to make him a super soldier, they gave it to all these other guys. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably wondering, wait, how does that make any sense timeline-wise? I thought the symbiote only came to Earth recently. Apparently not, though, because we see a flashback to Vikings and Grendel and everything, and they're fighting a symbiote. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so apparently there's a whole secret history of symbiotes on Earth we didn't even know about. <laughs> and his thing is like, you know, I used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.D. fell apart, and they, you know, arrested all my buddies from the Sim Soldier program, and they're gonna, like, you know, put them on ice, and I think that's unfair. Can you can you help me, Eddie Brock? Can you save them? And he tries to <laughs> save them, but shocker, they turned out to be evil, and they're mutated symbiotes, too. Oh, shocker. I know, right? Uh, these guys who might have been evil turned out to be evil. <laughs> but it looked great, though. And again, the symbiotes keep talking about, like, you know, oh, God, God is coming, the God of the symbiotes. And I'm like, Grendel? Really? From the Beowulf story? Is the God of symbiotes? All right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I've heard worse pitches, and what really works about it, too, is, like I said, 
Donny Cates isn't constantly kissing Eddie Brock in Venom's ass. He's actually showing a flawed version of this character that we don't get very often. And he's really good at mythology and sword and sorcery and world building and being like, you know, what if what if Venom wasn't a superhero book? What if what if it was a monster book? What if we wrote it like a horror yeah. series? And I'm like, that's a good idea. You should do that. Yeah. And he also, and this is like partly my question, he asks something that like literally no one who's written it in like what 25 odd years has asked and that's like do you know the symbiote's name do you yeah. know what it wants do you know uh, what it eats and all that sort of stuff and i'm like oh that's that's pretty cool how, how has no one thought about doing something like that flash knew the answer to those questions and yeah the symbiote did have a name <laughs> i forget it now but it did actually have a name eddie doesn't know that though yeah and that's the thing eddie just like uh, like he just uses the symbiote doesn't bother to like get to know it befriend it i guess <laughs> which which is another super clever idea for kate's to do and also a nice bit of characterization for eddie and that is even when he has power even when he has the symbiote he is a serial underachiever mm -hmm. yeah he, he only ever scratches the surface and i have like a mr miyagi moment of like and that is why you fail eddie brock <laughs> Because you are so base. But hey, you know what? Gives him a place to grow in this story, and maybe he won't be by the end of it. Maybe. Maybe they'll actually make him a good character. Again, yeah, I know. I know some people who read way, way more Venom than me were complaining in the comment section, and I really can't deny them this. They're like, oh, the symbiote is sick again and acting out of control. Hasn't that been the plot of, like, the last five Venom stories? And I'm like, I'll have to take your word for it, but that sounds likely. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, uh, like a lot of people who write venom don't really know what to do with him so they're like oh well, the the symbiote might leave eddie mm -hmm. it might because it, it's sick and wants something else or something yeah it seems like every writer has the same ideas yeah which is why i like donny cates being kind of different where it's like yeah but what if a monster did it mm. and i'm like that's that's good for any story really to ask that question yeah but what if a monster did it mm-hmm <laughs> Sense and Sensibility, but what if a monster did it? Fast and the Furious, yeah, but what if instead of cars, <laughs> a, a monster did it this time? What do you mean, like The Rock? Yeah, there you go. What he's, if, he's a monster. <laughs> I, I mean, he's huge, though, and I imagine he could eat someone if he wanted to. <laughs> do you know how much meat it takes for me to maintain this? <laughs> I eat so much chicken every day, and human is just man chicken. Oh no. Don't make me eat your man chicken, son. <laughs> That's a terrifying threat. Don't make me eat your man chicken. <laughs> oh god, no. But yeah, that was Venom, everyone. Venom, Venom's actually pretty cool. I'm going to be sticking with this one. Sounds good. Yeah, what uh, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Batman White Knight issue 8. Yes, the grand finale of this series, which I think I think I can just come out and say it. One of the best comics of 2018, an early frontrunner. One of the best comics, one of the best Batman comics mm. in a long time. Yes, it's it is like it 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 sticks the landing and it enters the realm of yep, this is a new classic, this is a new must read. When people tell me what's a good Batman story, I'll say read this one. Yeah, it it was really good, really good. Layered, complex, thematic, with great arcs for everyone. And they also leave the door wide open for sequels at the end. Yeah, which I hope they get to do. I know, like, um, uh, Sean Murphy was going on Twitter about how he he met with DC to like pitch them stuff about the 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 White Knight universe and everything. So that'd be really cool if if he got to do a bit more about that. 
But yeah, just like everyone in the book got like a payoff in they some really way do. or another, and yeah. that's it, like like everyone got e- one. E- even minor characters get payoffs. Like yeah, Mister Freeze joins the good guys team and helps them uh, get the ice cannon back under control. Yeah, he saves Gotham. He saves Gotham from an ice weapon. Yeah, uh, yeah, we get like Dick and Babs get accepted into Batman's sort of family, like proper mm. family. Yeah, they- uh, we get Batman. Batman figuring out that he needs people. Yeah, they mourn the death of Alfred together, and that's beautiful. Uh, Harley Quinn almost kills the Neo-Joker, but doesn't in a beautiful moment of the villain getting the last laugh and saying, you know, you you hate me so much, Harley Quinn, because I represent everything that's bad about you. Yeah, I I really liked her her arc in this whole thing, Mm because, and I, I said in my review, like, a lot of writers in, like, the main universe could learn a lot from this, whereas they include her... Because she's popular, because yes. she sells books. Whereas Sean included her because he had an interesting story to tell with her, yes. and it was a really interesting story because she's the she's technically the titular White Knight. Yes, as Batman says at the end, at the end of the day, this was all your plot. You gave him the pills. You leaked the video of me beating the shit out of him. This was your plan, and Batman's not even mad at the end of it. It's like you you made Gotham better. He gets it. He gets it. He understands it was to break the stalemate between her and uh, him and Joker, and yeah. to to move it to that next level to sort of sort things out. And it all worked. Which again is something fans have been talking about forever. And that is, you know, Gotham City will never be made better if Batman and the Joker keep taking bites out of each other over the years. It's just you know one sadomasochistic circle jerk that goes round and round and round until one of them dies. Yeah, and Sean got that. He, really he understood did. it. A lot of this book is prefacist on, you know, like, uh, stuff that fans have been saying forever. Like, you know, hey, if Batman really wanted to fight crime, he should give some of his advanced tech to the police so they can actually stand a chance against supervillains. And he hands over the keys to all the Batmobiles to the cops at the end of this. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And then, like, yeah, like, other things like, oh, Jim Gordon should know who Batman is. to So, like, better trust, it was get rid of those trust issues and everything. And he does that at the end of this issue. He does. Also, too, uh, what is it? Murphy has Batman take a level in emotional maturity that you almost never see Batman take and that you can really only take in an Elseworlds because the second he admits this, there's no coming back from it. Batman basically says, yeah, I'm a little sick in the head, too. I like beating up criminals. It's fucked up, isn't it? I think I wear this mask not just to scare criminals, but to make sure I don't scare myself. Yeah, yeah. As you said, yeah, it's something you'd never see in like a mainline Batman book. No, no one, or if they did, it would be like, oh, it was a dream or something. Because yeah. um, once you admit that Batman's sick too, there's no coming back from that. <laughs> yeah, no. Not only that, it like it like makes those fans that think Batman is you know the be all end all. Yeah, it, it kind of makes them mad. Yeah, hey, your, your hero is kind of a psychotic thug in his own right. He might be a thug for justice, but he's still a thug. Yeah, something he's no better than the Joker, really. <laughs> yeah, and again, too, where Batman being like, look, I admit that to myself, I unmask, and now I can actually heal, now I can actually get better, and maybe I can actually, you know, get some psychiatric help and get over my parents' death in the way I've never been able to before. Yeah, and yeah, as I said before, he now has, like, Nightwing and Batgirl to help him, whereas mm-hmm. before he was pushing them away, he's brought them back in. 
and like a new status quo for the Joker too, where it's like Napier's still inside there and he still battles for control with the Joker persona, but the city realizes that he can be a force for good, so they don't throw him back into his old dingy Joker cell. They like give him like a nice furnished cell that he can work out of in the future. Yeah, and it's it seeks to imply at the end as well that like Napier is gone because the Joker when Harley Harleen and and Joe and Jack are getting married, he comes back. And it seeks to imply that, like, Jack's gone now, but he's not really. He's still in there, but they don't know how to access him. And also, they he keeps he, he kept mentioning something about he found the Joker in his cell, yeah, in his old cell, and we never really got an answer to that. So there's more sequel hooks. Uh, so many sequel hooks. I know someone actually asked me at the end of this, they're like, well, why didn't Jason factor into the story? I'm like, because uh, that's probably White Knight 2. Yeah, that's that's probably a sequel. And, and really, it... it it, he didn't need to factor in all that much. No. Just just that part of that story that Joker had to tell Batman. That's mm-hmm. really all it all it needed to be, and that was part of Batman's journey to heal and and accept who he is. And I'm sure many people are like, yeah, but I want to see if he became Red Hood or not. Here's the thing: I don't actually think that Jason Todd becomes Red Hood in this universe. I think if we do get a story with Jason Todd, it's gonna be a story of like you know, like uh, like a child star, where it's like you know, you you put too much pressure on me, Batman, when I was young. You fucked up my life, and now like I am an unhealthy adult because of what you put me through. You basically made me a child soldier, and that's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think he would be become Red Hood or anything. Yeah, by the way, I, like Joker and everything we're talking about it, it sounds like, yeah, he totally destroyed the kid. And he's probably like some crippling alcoholic or something, or drug user or something. And again, if Batman is actually getting help, if he's going through like his own 12 steps of coming to terms with things, I think apologizing to Jason and all the people he's hurt is something for, again, for a sequel. Yeah, definitely. Because, again, that's a story you can only tell in an Elseworld. Batman being like, well, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I should really apologize to people. Yeah, I should I should admit I'm wrong and, and say sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Leslie Tompkins in this universe, too, where it's like, hey, Leslie, sorry I didn't take any of that psychological counseling you tried to give me seriously. <laughs> sorry I dressed up like a bat and beat people up because that's how I got off. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, White Knight again mature complex engrossing one of the most thinking man superhero stories i've read in a very long time yeah it was a really well thought out book incredibly well thought out like there are so many ways that sean gordon murphy could have whiffed this one that like he could have made it stupid like if one character had a better argument than the other but he paints everyone with such an even hand yeah, yeah, there's no, it, it, it's not like, again, uh, I don't want to harp on this, it's not like Tom King where he is like, Batman is always right, everyone who questions Batman is wrong, mm. Batman is the best, whereas this one, everyone's kind of wrong, everyone's kind of right, Yeah, no one, everyone is equal. It's a story with true shades of grey, which you don't see very much, and heck, even, uh, again, as we mentioned, everyone gets an arc here, even the small characters, uh, the stuff with Duke and Bullock is probably the smallest aspect of this book, and yet I thought it was one of the best handled, because Duke in this universe was a cop, Bullock thinks he's shit for leaving the Force, and there's a little undercurrent of racism going on there, too, actually a big undercurrent of racism going on there, too, but in this story, Duke saves Harvey's life in the big fight, 
and then at the end of it, when they're rebuilding Blackport, when they're rebuilding the poor area, Harvey is there actually helping out in that community building stuff. Yeah, the, the it's the most the most characterization Duke has had in a long time. It's true, and, he, <laughs> they, and he, they, the first thing being they actually remember Duke exists, <laughs> and he's a wildly different Duke too. Is the other thing he's yeah. an adult man and a former cop, and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, it's so much better. It, it's shocking. It really is. Did, did Batman and Signal ever end? Because I'm like, I'll look at that when it's done. <laughs> it's, it's still going. It's still going. I feel bad for Duke. <laughs> it, yeah, it got like um, delayed or something. I don't know why it got delayed. It wasn't something that was of great importance. So I guess not. Also, hey, weren't you supposed to be a big thing? Weren't you supposed to be the Signal? Yeah. The, the, like the light in Dark Knight's Madeline. is. Yeah, he's not even in Detective Comics. <laughs> no, which is a big team book, and they don't even mention him. No. <laughs> and this is James Tynan, the student of Scott Snyder, a guy who has tried himself to launch his own, you know, sidekicks in, like, uh, Bluebird and everything, but even he doesn't mention Duke. Yeah, maybe he's learnt. Like, I've tried this, it's not gonna work. <laughs> hey, people didn't like my new addition to the Bat family, Scott, they're not gonna like yours. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> You know what they need to do? They need to spin that off into a duo book. It needs to be Bluebird and Signal. They need to have a team book <laughs> together is what they need. <laughs> together they'll make up for what each other lacks. That's what they need. <laughs> Which, hey, that's the thing. I don't even think Bluebird and Signal have even met each other. Probably not. They're they're all bouncing around the Batcave, and I don't think those two characters have ever met or <laughs> shared two words. <laughs> Which, goddamn. So, yeah, that was White Knight, everyone. Truly excellent. Don't trade weight on this one. Buy it. Buy it. You will not be disappointed. It gets the comic multiverse yeah. seal of approval. It does. It's so good. It's probably going to be on my top 10 list of 2018. Oh, it, it's an easy contender. Like, again, we're not that far into 2018, but it's like, it's front of the pack right now. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even think of anything else that even comes close to touching it right now in terms of quality. No. No, I can't really either. Like, like it's shocking where it's like in years past, I'm like, oh, well, this is up there and that's up there. Even as I look through the books I've done here, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, those are fine, but it's it's not near it. Like, I enjoyed Avengers No Surrender for being like a cool classic Avengers book, but even then it's like, you know, White Knight, it broke new ground, and I mean that. Yeah, it, it really did. It broke new ground. I, I hope we see more like this. Yeah. Alright, so uh, what else do we have going on? Ba -dum, ba -dum, ba -dum. Should I do a DC or a Marvel, Matt? Do do whatever you want. Oh, shit, I don't know, man. It's it's hard <laughs> in here for a pimp. Uh, oh, hey, let's uh, talk about uh, the new Hunt for Wolverine. Uh, Adamantium uh, Agenda. Yeah, this was a really good one. Mm. Or as it's also known, New Avengers Reunion, because that's basically what it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that is pretty much what it was, uh, and I, I'm totally fine with that. That Me that was too. like an Avengers team around the time I was getting back into Marvel. So I think for a lot of people, yeah, yeah. So it's, I'm glad to see Luke Cage and Spider Man and all these characters sort of getting back together. What a what a warm nostalgic glove to put on, which is basically a lot of Marvel fresh start right now. A warm nostalgic glove you can put on that is safe and familiar. It's funny, too, is that, you know, it's part of the Hunt for Wolverine series. We see Wolverine in the beginning in a flashback, and then the rest of the story really has nothing to do with him. 
Yeah, no, I said that in my review. I'm like, this story doesn't really have anything to do with Wolverine unless they tie somehow Danielle Cage Into and her it. DNA sequence being tied to Wolverine. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's really funny because we're going to have four of these minis. We got Adamantium Agenda. We got the one with Daredevil. We got the one with all the X-Men characters. And then we got the ones with a bunch of X-Villains. I wonder when it's all said and done, because there are only, like, four issues, what the important one is going to be. Wouldn't it be funny if just the ones with the X-Men turn out to be the important one? Yeah, yeah, like, the, like yeah, this story is just like, ah, oh, this is just some, you know, Wolverine was on this team. This is just a a, uh, a chance to get that team back together. Because even though I've been enjoying everything I've been reading so far, in the back of my head, I'm like, you can't all find Wolverine, though. Yeah, no, like, yeah, you're all doing, especially after, like, Weapon Lost, where they had Cypher, like, find every lead. Mm. I'm like, well, now you just give that app to, like, every other team, and, yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can't all find them, or maybe you can, <laughs> I don't fucking know. I think I think that their reasoning is, like, we have so many people looking for him, we're bound to find him sooner okay. than later. Yeah, we're, we're dragging the ocean, we gotta find him. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a fun time, and it's also fun to be like, oh, Tony Stark is Iron Man again, out in front of his new series. Yeah, yeah, it was good seeing, it. and again, written by Tom Taylor, who wrote yes. him really well in Superior Iron Man. He writes excellent teams. That Tom Taylor, he knows character interaction. Yeah, he knows to make it fun. He really does. He really nails the fun part of it. Also, hats off to the artist. Uh, all the costumes looked great in this one. All the little detail on Iron Man's armor and even all the little details on Wolverine's suit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really all we can say about Adamantium Agenda. Like, shit, we're one issue in and they haven't even mentioned Adamantium yet. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just wondering how this is going to tie into it, especially when it looks to be like a Luke Cage jessica jones story it it might not this might just be their way of being like hey we had a really good jessica jones luke cage pitch we <laughs> wanted you to read but we didn't think you would so we put it in this wolverine book hope you enjoy <laughs> yeah they're just like in the last issues like they're like oh yeah we're looking for wolverine that's right <laughs> wolverine just facetimes them hey guys i'm alive i was doing some stuff with infinity stone sorry i didn't tell anyone yeah <laughs> that's that's what they do they check wolverine's facebook page hey guys back from the dead doing some me time be back soon <laughs> that, that that actually like made me like kind of intrigued because like at the end of the last tie in the weapon lost one we got like a wolverine in that who's seemingly like back being controlled by like a weapon x that's right. sort of thing but and but like in infinity countdown he's been like looking after the stones or anything yeah, he's and fine. yeah it's so strange He's absolutely A-OK. -okay. So unless this takes place way before that... Uh, but again, the Marvel timeline's messed up with where stuff is. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's like Tony's back here in this book, and he's back in Deadpool, but he's his solo series hasn't started yet. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> and Loki is both a big threat to the Infinity Gems, but he also might be the one controlling the Celestials and Avengers. <laughs> and he was also fucking with the Guardians before that, and just, he's busy. Yeah. He's very he's very busy. He's a busy boy. Uh what else did you have, Matt? Uh we we both had no justice yes, this week. I can't justice believe, League. I can't believe we waited this long to talk about it. Yeah, we're probably good because a, a lot kind of happened this first issue. It did. You know, I was worried <clears throat> after reading that uh little slice we got of this story. I'm like, "Oh, is this going to be too many teams? Is this going to be way too much to pay attention to?" No, they actually throw a lot of really interesting stuff in here. 
yeah this first issue kind of gets every everything out of the way and like sort of sets everything up like who the omega titans are why these teams need to be broken up into smaller teams yep absolutely and uh yeah it's 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 interesting but the thing i i was like talking with people about this i'm kind of worried because we've this is this is four issues so they are they gonna like defeat the the omega titans in four issues yes so if not that's not not really a big threat then i guess um, it's a big just threat. like an arc it's just like a justice league arc it's a big threat but not nearly as big as you thought it was yeah but then like after that they're facing something else called still force which is like the opposite of the speed force <laughs> and slows, slows everything it's so fucking retarded um and uh, it slows everything down. And then we also have the invisible spectrum of the Green Lantern Corps happening. It's like a new Lantern Corps coming about. Right, which is and, not to be confused with the Ultraviolet Lantern and also the Legion of Doom in there somewhere too. Yeah, and it, it kind of gets me like wondering like, where where like where does it stop for like scott snyder because like every of every story every even in like his new 52 every batman story was like well you thought that was tough for batman but this next threat is even yeah, tougher know, right? it's kind of transitioning over into this we, we had just had dark knight's metal and so you thought that was bad now we have these other things called omega titans and then we have this still force and infrared spectrums mm. and my my like where where does it stop? <laughs> my theory is they defeat the Titans, but they don't go away. Yeah, well, they, then that's the thing. It's like, well, then why are we like building them up as this like be, big be all end be all end all threat? <laughs> when apparently you can defeat them in four. Also, there's talk too that like Yuga Khan is going to be coming back. Like he's inside one of the Omega Titan suits because that's the thing. They're like, oh, we don't know what the Omega Titans actually look like. They might just be beings of pure energy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, this this issue as well, like as well as like setting them up, we got C Brainiac back again. Yes, um, for a minute. Yeah, for a minute until Amanda Waller kills him. I love uh, that. Goddamn so Amanda Waller! <laughs> she ruined it for everyone. I love that so much as a fan of Amanda Waller. I love the universe could be destroyed. She sees Brainiac and she's like, "Oh God, I want him for my team." Yeah, I need his brain. I want him. Download so bad. his hard drive. Download his hard drive. <laughs> yeah, make a make a copy of it. Which hey, because uh, Joshua Williams is working on this one too. We finally get an answer to the uh, what is it? Task Force Eleven, Task Force XI, yeah. the team of psychics. Oh wait, but didn't we already have a Task Force XI in Damage? Eh, no one reads Damage. Yeah, that doesn't matter. That's the New Asia Heroes book. No one, no one cares. As we mentioned before, damage doesn't count, and this, this more than anything, also I think illustrates to me how much other writers care about New Age of Heroes. Where it's like, oh, did they do it over there? Well, fuck them. Well, not only that, it kind of brings in the question: Oh, was this written before that? Yeah, really. Yeah could be a thing but yeah it's it's a cool setup and i like they find a really good answer for the question where it's like well why why are these heroes and villains working together on these teams in these weird formations oh because it was brainiac's idea yeah it was brainiac's idea and they just happened to be around yep <laughs> that's basically it they they were there you know he, he took the heroes there are uneven teams as batman noted but we have these villains here that's going to help it, it, I, I have used my computer brain to mathematically uh, figure out what the best uh, strategy is. It's he, he, He's like a freaking RPG player there trying to find the best, you know, persona team loadout <laughs> to beat the boss. And he's like, I figured it out using spreadsheets. And this is, this is the one. 
Yes, one. Microsoft Excel. <laughs> oh, only the finest Kaluan uh, Microsoft Excel technology <laughs> that I run in my brain. But yeah, I, I like that. I'm like, you know what? That's a good reason. That's a good reason for why the teams are kind of weird. Yeah, and I, I like that they also like um, sort of answer the question in the, like in in when Brainiac's describing the Omega Titans, they're like, say, well, why like. Like, why do we have to worry as Earth? Like, he, they, they're going world to world. We have lots, lots of time. And he's like, oh, no, you don't. Because if they attack Kolu, they'll also attack Earth. Because they made sure that if my world gets destroyed, your world will get destroyed. Which is <laughs> such a wonderfully brainiac thing to do. Like, look, yeah. I, I'm uniting heroes to save the universe. But I'm also a dick. <laughs> In case you didn't know, I'm still a <laughs> massive dickhead. Also, hey, good going, Brainiac. You look exactly like you do from the Jeff Johns incarnation. Yeah, yeah, he's basically Brainiac from Superman Brainiac. Because of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? And yet, yeah. in a flashback to other fights he's had with the Justice League, we see the animated series version. Well, I, we saw, like, I think during Superman Reborn, we saw, like, um, like a bunch of different Brainiacs. Like the like this one, the... Uh, the um the animated series one the classic one the guy with the mustache and, and the short shorts all, all those yeah it's a, it, it's nice i like it when they do that when they're like hey man it's all in continuity in one way or another yeah that's fun but yeah justice league no justice off to a pretty solid start it, it's interesting i i'm kind of worried like because again it's four issues long mm. how are they going to fight these supposed gods gods of like mm like cosmic powers in in four issues also as much as i love scott snyder and i really do the man has a hard time with endings yeah as with all yeah. of his series the weakest the best part is usually the penultimate issue and the weakest part is usually the ending yeah but it's usually fun along the way yeah well and at least he's taking over the justice league book after this so yeah. it's not as a like another writer comes in so so none of that counted we're gonna do something else there's not gonna be some weird stop gaps in there and hey talking about new writers taking over and stop gaps let me tell you about deadpool number 300 the big finale of jerry duggan's five-year run let's hear it he he's been writing this run for as long as you and i have been talking about comics on the internet yeah yeah we we reviewed issue number one of this series back when it was him and brian post saying uh in another life on another channel far far away from here that people may recall but yeah so issue number 300 deadpool is in full self-hating mode what else is new yeah the heroes still want him captured and brought up on charges for the murder of phil Coulson, which they're keeping mm-hmm <laughs> To try and track Deadpool down, Captain America gets a shield tech to rebuild Agent Preston's LMD body, figuring, you know, you started this with Deadpool, you were basically his conscience, you can hunt him down, right? Yeah, yeah. Deadpool also has an alien super weapon that he picked up during his last trip to space that makes everyone around him so disgusted they puke up their guts. (laughs) And he basically makes the entire Marvel superhero community just barf all over the damn place. So he's got a six stick from Minority Report. He has a six stick is what he has, and he six sticks everybody. <laughs> and there's a great bit where it's like, oh, is Vision going to stop him? Vision's a robot. Vision can't throw up. Except <laughs> except Giant Man is behind him, and Giant Man lets out like a friggin' waterfall of vomit and drowns <laughs> everybody. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. And it gets Deadpool even more depressed, where he's like, well, fuck, I put out $20 million 
for the supervillain community, they couldn't kill me. <laughs> I antagonized all of the heroes in New York, they couldn't kill me. Just, w <laughs> what, what am I going to do here? They're going to put me up on this murder for Coulson that I only did because I was following orders. You know, why is my life so shit? I know what I'm going to do. I'm <laughs> going to go to Butler's old lab, you know, the doctor who had a big part in creating me and who was stealing my organs back all the way in the very first arc. When he would steal Deadpool's organs, he would wipe his mind a little bit. You know, he would, like, steal a couple weeks here and there. Deadpool basically yeah. says, if I hook myself up to all the mind drugs and wipe my whole mind, then that'll be as good <laughs> as dying. I, all the drugs. <laughs> all the drugs. Like, literally, he hooks himself up to all the drugs, and Preston and Captain America, they get there too late. And we actually see a moment here, and I think a lot of people got this wrong in their reading of the book, where Deadpool literally walks through his memory through all the biggest moments of this five-year run, and he guns down his own memories. <laughs> That's awesome. He kills his own memories, and the idea basically being, oh, I see what you're doing here, Jerry Duggan. Uh, after your five-year run is done, Scotty Young is coming on, and they're probably going to forget everything you did. They want Deadpool to be more jokey, more in line with the movie. They're not going to let this sad clown version stand. So instead of letting him be quietly retconned and rebooted and reset in between issues, you're literally going <laughs> back and setting fire to your whole run. <laughs> you, you can't take this away from Deadpool. Only Deadpool can take away his own memories. <laughs> he's he's not going mad he's not losing his mind he's literally throwing his mind away <laughs> that's awesome and and it works because he's basically brain dead captain american preston like well he can't stand trial now <laughs> can't do anything for that and preston gets to rejoin her family bringing her story full circle so in a way deadpool did save the day because he got captain america to save preston which was all he really wanted anyway he gets locked up in an insane asylum, and they bring in another crazy guy who's pretending to be Deadpool, and he's wearing the original, like, red body condom suit from, like, the Liefeld years. <laughs> and Deadpool hears this and sees this, and that's, like, enough to jog his memory, so he beats that guy up, steals his suit, and escapes the mental institution where all of the, uh, what is it, all the orderlies and all the doctors look exactly like, uh, Marvel Editorial. <laughs> so so heather antos is there and cb Saglewski is there and like uh jordan white is there and they're all the people that deadpool is pushing back to escape <laughs> and earlier in the book too he carjacked jerry duggan to where he's like no no no, no jerry we're not gonna do a grant morrison animal man thing get the fuck out i need your car <laughs> which is pretty goddamn hilarious to where i'm like nice he's he's underselling the hackiness of it so at the end Deadpool escapes to have his fresh start, having wiped his own mind. Uh, that's cool. It that's is cool. And, and again, people, I think they miss it too, where it's like, oh, so they're just going to pretend none of it happened? No, all of it happened. Everyone remembers it happened, except for Deadpool. <laughs> and again, this is a character who, much like Wolverine, gets his mind wiped all the time for different reasons. I respect, uh, again, for being meta, because the character is metatextual, for Deadpool to be like, no, not this time. If I'm going to be reset, if my memory's going to be fucked with, I'm going to fuck with it myself. Yeah, that's cool. It that's is. cool. And everyone's like, well, that's a really sad, depressing ending. Yes. <laughs> Deadpool even says in the comic, I don't get happy <laughs> endings, if you haven't noticed. Yeah, that's cool. I, I can't think of a Deadpool story with a happy ending, can you? <laughs> no, no. 
So it's like he he again. It's the ultimate in meta ness. I know how this story is gonna end. I'm gonna meet it <laughs> off at the pass. <laughs> yeah. if, I'm, if it's gonna end, I'm gonna end it on my terms. End it on my terms. I think a lot of people didn't get that. I've actually seen a lot of reviews from big sites too, being like, "Oh, this was the worst comic I ever read. This was, you know, the worst this that and the other." I'm like, "No, it wasn't. It was everything it should have been." <laughs> In my mind, at least, it was everything it should have been. I got what he was going for. That's cool. So yeah, that was uh, that was the last book I read this week. What about you, Matt? Yeah. Uh, well, the last book I read was Hal Jordan: The Green Lantern Corps, issue forty-four. Oh yes, the continued adventures it's... of Hal. Yeah, this uh, Robert Vendetti's getting ready to end his run. Um, we uh, the over the last like two issues, the 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 Lantern Corps has been fighting the Dark Stars. Oh yes, they brought uh, them back. Yeah, who are led by Toma too, uh, which is Toma Ray's son. Oh, nice. Uh, since uh, he he's no longer a lantern because he like killed killed an, a uh, a uh, under arrest uh, criminal a mm, while back, and right. he's got a, he's got a grudge against the lanterns because they didn't kill Goldface. Goldface being the one who killed his father during Crisis of Infinite Earths. That's right. I remember that. Jesus Christ, there's a deep cut for you. Yeah, so he got given a uh, a uh, dark star mantle because of of that, um, and the darks, and because of that, he's he's made the dark stars super efficient law enforcement. As he uh, so, so they're like killing criminals left, right, and center. People are actually respecting them because they're doing that and actually making the universe safer. I'm gonna beat lanterns the green of- lanterns by doing them better. Yeah, the lanterns like no, no, you can't do that, and um. They go after them, and uh, it ends as bad as well as you think it would, uh, with the lanterns getting into a fight with them and all that. But uh, this issue saw the lanterns; uh, they got told by like, "Don't come after us. If you come after us, we'll use that lethal force we use on criminals on you." Damn. Uh, so, so Hal is like, "Okay, we'll, we'll just go grab a whole heap of villains to help." <laughs> uh, like people who are. are, are um, part of our cause and everything so they have they all like spread across the galaxy they go get like uh people from new genesis uh orion and all that um uh guy goes and gets Arkillo, uh the ex-leader of the yellow lanterns i remember yeah uh john goes to get general zod Uh, and he does it in like a really cool way. He just like turns up, like, "Hey, we need your help." There's like these law enforcement guys that are like killing us, and Zod's like pig-headed and it's like, "Ah, fuck you! You come to my land. I'm gonna bash your head in." And uh, John tricks him by like pretending he like conjured up like a um a uh, a construct like um what do you call it? knuckle dusters? Oh yeah. And he like yeah. Pun- he like punch punches him and it, like breaks Zod's hand and Zod realizes it's kryptonite. <laughs> I saw I saw that uh what is it that page? I don't know if you tweeted that or someone else did. I'm like, yeah, hey, that's funny. Yeah, so he they're trying to like uh, consolidate all these like villains to try and help him. Hal meanwhile goes back to Earth and has a little bit of a team up with the Flash um, nice. since uh, Tomar arrived on Earth and and killed Goldface and. Mm. Yeah, Killed him so hard it baked his bones. Hot damn. <laughs> and uh, he's going to get Hector Hammond. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes, of course. Another... In, Str- in Strikers. And uh, lo and behold, Atomic Skull shows up to stop him. And That's... Atomic Skull, has she, he's been in uh, Superwoman, and he's he's turned into a good guy. He's like kind of like the warden of, of Strikers Island now. Now, that I did see you tweet being like, thank you, Vendetti, for honoring the continuity of that book and remembering that yeah. Atomic Skull's a good guy. 
Yeah, that, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I hope he join, ends up joining the Lantern Corps because he, he's pretty OP. The, the Lantern Auxiliary Corps, the Lantern Suicide Squad. That's basically what it is. They're like, yeah, forming like Suicide Squad or like like a Legion of Doom the or something. The Cosmic Suicide Squad. Yeah, except without like the, the brains exploding when they go rogue or something. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good lineup for a team. I'd read that book. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And Space Cabby appears as well. And oh, his, his, his cab is now powered by a mother box. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. That sounds like my sort of thing. So, yeah, is, th- is that it? Is that everything for this week? That's everything, yeah. All right, then, everyone. So that is your 99th episode of the Comic Multiverse. We hope you enjoyed it. And as I said at the top of the show, be sure to follow the Cape Joel Twitch channel if you haven't already, because that's probably where we're going to do our 100th episode. We're going to attempt to do it live and if that is where we're gonna put it that's where you're gonna end up seeing it if you have any fan questions fan mail or especially fan art that you want to share with us for the 100th episode that'll be coming sometime next week uh be sure to tell us uh be sure to tweet it at either matt or myself uh with the hashtag uh tcm 100 all one word and we'll be sure to try and get to that because i'm sure that yeah well i think I think what we'll do for questions, we'll put, like, one, like, tweet out and people just respond to that so we can read it easily. That's easy. We'll probably do that, like, the night before or something. Yeah. That's always really helpful for reading, though. So, yeah, hopefully it'll be a really good show, everyone. As always, uh, be sure to like and subscribe this video. It really helps us out uh, in the comment section. Tell us what you enjoyed this week. And, uh, yeah, be sure to follow Matt and myself on Twitter and Facebook if you haven't already. Be sure to sub to Matt if you haven't. Uh, patrons, as always, get this episode first before anyone else. That's usually late Sunday night. Sorry, SoundCloud is being a bit of a bitch when it comes to yeah. uploading these. I don't know what the hell the deal is if I've exceeded some sort of limit. It used to be really easy. I'd put it up on SoundCloud, I'd set it to private, then I'd put the private link in Patreon so everyone could see it. That's still basically what I'm doing now, but you used to be able to play it from Patreon, and now you're not. I don't know. Well, you see, you're not, you're not a SoundCloud rapper, so they don't care. <laughs> I, I guess so, Matt. We need to kick some sick rhymes for episode 100 so we can get some of that sweet <laughs> rapper dollars. <laughs> is what we need we need to you know really really get in touch with our thugged out roots is what we need to do <laughs> talk about the hard lives the hard knock lives of comic book podcasters and youtubers <laughs> yo motherfucker one time i went to the comic store and there was crackheads and i had to leave <laughs> that's just the whole song that's the whole song <laughs> it was cold out there in the streets that day they didn't have nick spencer's amazing spider-man had to go home read it digitally. It was fine, but not the same. <laughs> Motherfucker. Then we drank Hennessy. I don't, I, I don't know what Hennessy is. I hear it in songs. I don't know. It's like a whiskey, I think. Oh. I'm probably completely wrong. There'll be someone that tells me I'm wrong. <laughs> we're, we're, the lo- we're the blind leading the blind on here, but you can hear all about it in our new rap album coming up very soon. <laughs> On SoundCloud. (laughs) On SoundCloud. And again, hey, if you want to do some album art for that, you absolutely can. Be sure to tweet it to us, hashtag TCM100, and we'll show off. Hashtag rap album. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it would be called, though. You can figure that out, too, everyone, and we'll we'll, we'll play it on the show. We'll we'll make a game of it. (laughs) So there you go, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week for the big 100th episode. Until then, this has been Joel. I'm Matt. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.